I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Cytokines control nearly all aspects of the immune system. As drugs, though, they've had limited potential because of inherent drawbacks. Simca Therapeutics is engineering versions of cytokines to activate various immune cells in the fight against cancer. Simca's most advanced program, ST067, is the first in a new class of interleukin-18-based immunotherapies designed to overcome a key defense mechanism that the tumor microenvironment produces to prevent interleukin-18 from doing its work. We spoke to Sanuj Ravindran, CEO of Simca Therapeutics, about the company's engineered cytokines, how they work, and why they may represent a powerful addition to the immunotherapy arsenal. Sanuj, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Pleasure to be here. We're going to talk about Simca Therapeutics, its work on interleukin-18, and why this can offer a potential strategy to enlist the immune system in fighting cancer. Before we do that, though, I'd like to start with your decision to join the company in August. What attracted you to Simca? What did you see as the opportunity? Yeah, uh, well, actually, I, I joined the company uh, in May. Uh, we, we we put out the press release in, in August, but I've uh, been with the company since May, and uh, it's been going really well. Um, I first got attracted to the company really based on the science. Um, yeah, we're in an area of novel biology in an industry where a lot of work, you know, is, is incremental. It's really great to be in an environment where we're working on uh, a really uh, novel area of biology that has really transformative potential. And what I mean by that is, um, uh, the biology around IL-18 is something that is uh, really elegant um, and intuitive in terms of the sense that it makes. And um, the work that our founder has done to better understand that pathway and, and therefore now knowing how to, how to drug it effectively is, um, is a recent revelation. And um, we're excited to be really the first in class, first in the clinic with a, with a product that can you know, deliver an effective, potentially effective IL-18 therapeutic. So it's novel biology that makes intuitive sense, that has really, you know, the potential to make a meaningful change in, in the lives of cancer patients and, and for us to be first in class and, and well ahead of others um, is, is, is a good spot to be in. So those are the first things that attracted to me. And then, of course, um, as I got to know Aaron and the team and the investor base that we have, you know, all that um, really came together you know, very nicely. IL-18 is a, a cytokine. Remind listeners what the role of cytokines are within the immune system. Yeah, yeah. So you can sort of think of cytokines as, um, you know, cytokines are to the immune system as as hormones are to the endocrine system. So, so really cytokines are proteins that 
allow immune cells such as T cells and natural killer cells to communicate with one another. So they're messenger cells. And that aspect is, is really, you know, really critical when it comes to orchestrating the body's defenses uh, to, to fighting diseases such as cancer. So if you think of cells like T cells and NK cells as, as doing the killing, cytokines are the, the proteins that, that direct uh, the message uh, and direct the killing. Uh, in the case of certain cancers, what happens to interleukin-18? Well, interleukin-18 um, is a very um, interesting cytokine because it acts both on the innate and adaptive um, uh, lines of defense uh, from an immune standpoint. And when, uh, when interleukin-18 is given as, as a therapeutic, uh, there are a number of reasons why it is an optimal cytokine, but what happens in, in the face of cancer, particularly within the tumor microenvironment, is that cancer cells um, uh, induce the expression of a protein called IL-18 binding protein. And IL-18 binding protein has on it a decoy receptor that effectively binds all of the IL-18 that uh, prevents it from reaching its intended targets on cells such as T cells and NK cells. So that is one of the, you know, so you, you can think of it as, as sort of an immune checkpoint in that sense, uh, preventing IL-18 from effectively uh, carrying out the, um, the messages to its intended targets. It had been theorized for some time that you could, potentially take recombinant IL-18 and use it to treat cancer. What was the case for doing that? Well, the case for doing that is, is that, um, is the biology around how, how IL-18 works. So IL-18 uh, acts on tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, uh, you know, basically antigen experienced T cells and, and not all T cells, really just those uh, that are, uh, antigen experience. So they're not going to indiscriminately you know, hit T cells more broadly than you need them to. They act on natural killer cells. So that's the innate uh, uh, immune system. And it also acts on regulatory T cells as well. It downregulates uh, regulatory T cells. So it has sort of a trifecta of, of, of effect in terms of how it works biologically. So theoretically, it's a very optimal cytokine in that sense. And also, uh, unlike many other cytokines, IL-18 acts as more of an amplifier than an on switch. So concerns around tox, for instance, are, are minimized somewhat because of that aspect. And because it also acts as an amplifier, IL-18 can be paired with other modalities. Uh, a, because it acts as an amplifier, B, because it, it can act to, um, to drive um, T cells, uh, to, to, to drive NK cells, you can compare this potentially with uh, other checkpoints, other cytokines, uh, certain cell therapies, uh, certain bispecifics. And so it has great potential as both single agent therapy as well as in, in combination. So those, those are the reasons, you know, one should theoretically be excited about 
IL-18. Um, and in fact, um, uh, IL-18 had been taken, recombinant IL-18 had been taken into the clinic uh, by, um, by another company in um, about, 20, about 12 years ago. And it was studied in a, in a phase two study. And um, unfortunately in that study, while the drug was well tolerated and, and shown to be safe, uh, it wasn't very effective. Uh, the, the sponsor of that study only saw one partial response after treating 63 patients. And so uh, the decision was taken shortly after that, the results of that study came out to, um, to, to, you know, to pause the program. So this particular sponsor paused the program and I think it you know, put, a, you know, put, a, put a damper on, uh, on the program in general uh, in, in terms of others looking into it. So it has been you know, taken at the clinic already. Um, what was later then discovered, and this is where, you know, where the, the, the scientific work of, of Aaron Ring and others um, has really been, been effective at, at um, elucidating you know, the biology around IL-18. What was later discovered is, is that as IL-18 is administered, and as I described a few minutes ago, this, this IL-18 binding protein is, is overexpressed. And effectively, um, the, the recombinant IL-18 that's administered isn't getting to where it needs to get to because it's being taken up by, by the binding protein. Um, and so what Simca Therapeutics has done or what, uh, what Eric, Aaron Ring had done out of his lab at Yale is develop a, a variant or an engineered uh, variant of, of IL-18 that we call decoy-resistant IL-18 that um, is engineered to uh, avoid IL-18 binding protein so that it can um, get to its in intended targets. So how, how does it actually get to its intended target? It, 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 it's using the natural uh, receptor on, on T cells and NK cells. And um, so it's, it's, it's not doing anything different in terms of how it interacts with its uh, receptor partners. What the one thing that it's doing different is is um, avoiding the binding protein. So it's the binding protein that was basically, you know, intercepting the the wild type 18 and preventing it from getting it to its uh, intended receptors. We avoid that interception and and get to. Uh, the intended target interacted with it the, the, the way it otherwise naturally would. Your lead experimental therapy, ST067, activates both the inane and adaptive immune system. How exactly does ST067 work? Well, we're in the clinic right now, so we're, we're, you know, we're, we're in the process of finding all that out, right? Um, in terms of how it works uh, bi biologically, it, it, like you said, it, it acts on both the innate uh, immune system, which means that it interacts with cells such as natural killer cells, and it acts on the adaptive immune system, which means it, it interacts with cells such as T cells. So the way IL-18 works is, is that it's administered. In our case, we're administering it subcutaneously, and it, um, it, it interacts with, with those intended cells, and then it, it, it programs those cells to then um, uh, engage in, in, um, in, 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 in the killing of, of cancer cells. Uh, in terms of how it's working in the clinic, we started a phase one study uh, in late last year. 
we're in the midst of that study right now, and yeah, we're we're continuing to um, advance that that the the drug in that in that study, and uh, uh, you know, once we complete that study, we'll be able to you know say more about you know how the drug is doing in terms of biological activity, safety, efficacy, as well as um, um, uh, overall tolerability as well. What indications are you pursuing? Well, it, at this stage, we're we're looking at a, a variety of indications. So the first step for us is to have taken this into a single agent dose escalation study in a variety of checkpoint refractory solid tumors. So these are all patients that have a variety of solid tumors that, and these are patients who have received uh, other checkpoint therapies and have not responded to those therapies and are now entering our study as, as the next stage of their um, uh, treatment course. And uh, in that we are looking at a variety of tumor types and uh, at the conclusion of the study, we'll have a better sense of which tumor types are, are, are likely to be better responders versus others. And then that will guide the development program going forward. And at that point, we'll hone in on um, sp more specific indications. Is there any sense how broadly applicable this might be? Yeah, I mean, we think this could be very broadly applicable. Uh, we're starting... You know, with uh, tumors that are known to be uh, you know, more immune sensitive. And those are tumors like you know, your melanomas and your, and your renal cells, but we're also you know, including tumor types that are, that are you know, less uh, historically immune sensitive because we think that because we act on both the adaptive and immune, um, immune pathways that we think that we have the potential to address both hot as well as what they call cold tumors. So we don't know for sure yet um, whether that um, is indeed the case, but it, theoretically it, it could be. And uh, that's what we're interrogating right now. So in that sense, it's, it could be broadly applicable across many tumor types. We are looking at this as a single agent therapeutic. We are also planning to look at this in combination with other modalities. The first of those would be in combination um, with, um, with the anti-PD-1s. And then beyond that, we are evaluating and prioritizing other modalities with which IL-18 could be a good therapeutic partner. When you say other modalities, you're thinking of things like TKIs or other immunotherapies? Um, a variety of modalities, including other immunotherapies. Um, so the first one is another immunotherapy, right? So the, um, the, you know, the PD-1s are, 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 are immunotherapies. Uh, so the, that's naturally where, you know, one first looks to uh, look at combinatorial effect. Beyond that, um, we are looking at other novel, novel combinations. And th that, that could be um, uh, in, in a variety of areas that we haven't uh, you know, fully fully disclosed yet. What's known about the safety and efficacy of the drug to date, and how specific is it when you elevate levels of IL-18? Yeah, um, unlike other cytokines that have a lot of what they call pleiotropy, IL-18 should be relatively specific because we act only on 
antigen experience T cells, not more broadly than that. And uh, we act, you know, as I said, on, on NK cells as well. And so we think that we're, from that standpoint, have a, have a better safety profile potential than you know, other cytokines. Uh, in terms of the experience with the drug, as I mentioned, wild-type IL-18 has already been in the clinic, uh, including a 63 patient phase two study in which the safety profile was, was relatively favorable, uh, especially when you compare it to other cytokines that have been in the clinic. So from that standpoint, we know that um, we're looking at a, um, a relatively favorable safety profile. From the specificity that I mentioned earlier, uh, we feel good about the safety profile from that standpoint as well. And to date, we're, we're pleased with what we are seeing in the clinic. Um, we, are, we started the study a year ago. We're marching through you know, multiple dose escalations that we've you know, been able to move forward with. We haven't said much specifically about where we are in the study, but it, but it is progressing nicely. And, um, and from a safety and tolerability standpoint, um, yeah, looking favorable thus far. You're focusing uh, at first on non-responders to immunotherapy. Is there any way to predict which patients would likely be non-responders and, and be better off using a, an IL-18? Yeah, th that's, that's a part of the phase one program. Um, we are collecting uh, the, the translational data, if you will, that will allow us to potentially identify those markers that will help us uh, potentially identify those patients who might be better responders or those that are less likely to respond and why. So that's all part of uh, the current uh, clinical study. Simca raised 40 million in a Series B financing in January. How far will existing funding take you and, and what's the plan for funding the company from there? Yeah, we've uh, we've raised 65 million in total, uh, including the, the, the most recent Series B that was led by uh, um, SR1. Uh, we also have other uh, very notable investors uh, that are uh, with the company. Uh, those include investors such as BVF, Samsara, Logos, Aramark, Rock Springs, in addition to our early investors, uh, uh, Wuxi and, and Sequoia. So we're very blessed and privileged to have um, uh, a great group of supportive investors. The the uh, and, and fortunate, you know, to to have raised that that round, you know, very recently. Um, because I, uh, in today's current environment, I certainly wouldn't want to be uh, out raising capital. Um, we um, we have. Um, and we're in a good good position. The expectation is is that that financing will allow us to uh, complete this phase one study, uh, start the next uh, combination study, and, and and take on a few other activities that push our runway um, in you know, well into twenty twenty four. And so um, so uh, you know we feel like we're in a good good position to uh, really you know put our heads down and execute on on, on the current clinical plan. And uh, in terms of next financing, uh, you know, we, we, we still um, have a fair bit of time before we have to uh, embark on a uh, formal financing effort. Sanuj Ravindran, CEO of Simca Therapeutics. Sanuj, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Danny. I really appreciate it.
Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.